Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents Evolve, featuring your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Listening. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. The arts and evolving consciousness are how we are bringing that change to the culture at large. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of the times we are in. Helping you evolve is Robin White Turtle Disney, who received her Master's in Fine Arts from Mills College in Creative Writing in 2012 and her PhD in Energy Medicine in 2013. She is an author of three books, the most recent being Heart Path, Learning to Love Yourself and Listening to Your Guides. She has published poetry in many literary journals and numerous anthologies, and her poem First Step was selected for reading by survivors at the Virginia Tech Memorial Bench dedication in April 2010. In addition to her writing, Robin is also an artist whose work has been shown widely throughout the Midwest and East Coast. Robin White Turtle Lisney is a psychic medium and energy medicine practitioner through East West Bookstore in Mountain View, California, through her office in Santa Cruz, California, and across the country by phone. Robin travels across the country as a speaker and leading workshops. To find out more about Robin, you can visit her website at www.thecenterforthesoul.com. So take a breath, relax, and let yourself evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Robin White Turtle Listney, and you're on Listening to Evolve uh, as part of Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E, on Blog Talk Radio. 
And today my guest is Desda Zuckerman. She is the author of Your Sacred Anatomy, an Owner's Guide to the Human Energy Structure. Uh, Desda is a modern-day visionary and poet and author and healer, and she's also a musician and a teacher. And she uh, is well-known in the uh, California professional psychic world um, for 17 years in the 80s, she was um, a California psychic, and she has a professional singer and many other things. She was born intuitive and clairvoyant, and she's made uh, in her lifetime a real in-depth study of the human anatomy system, looking at the sacred anatomy of, uh, of our structures um, and today she's passionate about bringing her message of grounded transformation and subtle anatomy, uh, uh, conscious wellness into the world. Um, so the sacred anatomy actually is that entree uh, for her into the world of the books with uh, information on the subtle anatomy. So welcome, Desta. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Robin. It's an honor to be interviewed by you, and I thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to your radio audience. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So we have a lot to talk about because we do kind of the same thing, although in different ways, and I'm just fascinated by your book, and I've <laughs> been wanting to interview you for some time, so it's really exciting to take a look at it. Um, but I wanted to, to ask how you got started in all this because uh, really you started out as a rock and roll singer and you were doing a professional psychic. So how did you kind of transition from, <laughs> from that into what you're doing? Well, in the 1960s, um, in the late 60s, when I was in my late teens, I was looking for what to do with my life. I wasn't sure where I was going to land. And at the time, I was doing a couple of different things. Mm -hmm. One of the things I did was I was an artist and I painted and I designed uh, greeting cards. And another thing I did was I, I sang and I wrote songs and I played in coffee houses and, um, you know, local bars and that kind of thing. And then the other thing I did was I did readings. Mm -hmm. And I did readings for whoever would show up. And I got very well known in San Diego because I was, um, it was, in the late 60s, and there were a lot of guys missing overseas in Vietnam. Right, right. So I was very, I got in with kind of the military families, and people started to come to me to try to find out if their loved ones were dead or just missing or in a, you know, in an internment camp mm -hmm. or, you know, or what had happened, you know, right. what the story of, of the missing people was and so I was um, doing that and I got quite well known and it got to be such a heavy burden for me mm -hmm. that I actually moved away from San Diego and came to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So that was um, fairly early in the 1970s and I, I came up this way and uh, didn't want to immediately go back into doing readings and so I just picked up my guitar and went down to into San Francisco and started playing on the street. Mm. Uh, so I was a really early street performer. I remember Steve Silver, who had Beach Blanket Babylon, he later right. developed. When The first time he and a couple of people came out in weird costumes and mm -hmm. tap danced and stuff, I was, <laughs> I was across the street from them. <laughs> so I remember them well. And um, I used to sing blues and, 
you know, all kinds of things there. And we did all right on the street, you know, it was okay. We could actually make a living doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but, but as time passed, I, I didn't really know if I wanted to just keep doing that or what. And so I started doing an occasional reading here and there. And, um, before I knew it, I had a following again. And, um, and I still even um, know still those early clients from those days. Yeah. Some of them are still my friends. But, um, you know, the reason that I decided to not do it anymore was because I just didn't want to help people in that way. Yeah. I didn't want to be a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a let-me-give-you-the-answer person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a person to sit with you and help you find your answer. Mm-hmm. So that was where I began to think that I wanted to go into healing work. Mm-hmm. But I knew I had a lot of my own healing to do. So I had been working pretty hard on myself through the 70s and into the 80s. And then I got very, very sick. And in fact, I got very, very sick because I took on a very early form of chronic fatigue mm-hmm. in 1984. Mm-hmm. And I got really, really sick, and I was sick for a few years. And during that time was when I really began to um, look aggressively at what I had been making notes on, drawing pictures of, and <clears throat> writing about for years, ever since I was about 14 or 15, mm-hmm. and that was the human energy structure, what became what I saw as a subtle anatomy, mm-hmm. and so I started to really look at that as a doorway into healing work, mm-hmm. and um, as I went, the two things kind of evolved at the same time, so my healing modality is based on the subtle anatomy, it's called core individuation, and it's really a, a work that um, is focused on the liberation of the authentic nature, mm-hmm. really allowing the authentic self to step forward and mm-hmm. be that which is expressing in the world and peeling away the blocks and the stops and the um, patterns mm-hmm. that have kept us stuck Yes, and believing in uh, perhaps the... Uh, different version of who we might be, you know. Mm-hmm. So so this uh, evolutionary process took me quite a while. It was about 20 years of work to get to a place where I actually felt I could really work on people. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I uh, I played music. And I played, I was part of a band with my husband that played tons of parties in the Silicon Valley during the 80s. And mm-hmm. I mean, I saw it all, you know. <laughs> I saw the the whole thing, <laughs> you know. So that, and, and we played bars and we we played, you know, bar mitzvahs. I did, I did all of that. Uh-huh. I probably played about a thousand weddings. Uh-huh. And, you know, so I survived that. Yeah. But around uh, about the early part of the 90s, my husband and I said, you know, we've got to figure out a way to put our daughter through college and, by a house, you right. know, mm-hmm. and as a musician in the Bay Area, you really um, can't make enough money uh, unless you inherit some money, unless you get lucky in some way, unless you get into a band that, quote, makes it, unquote. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a working stiff, a, a regular person, it's pretty hard to pull together the kind of dough you need to buy a, a place in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So we both decided we would go into different directions. My husband went to software, which was a natural for him. And I went into healing work. Uh-huh. So 
so in uh, about 1997, I launched Core Individuation as a as an, as an entity. Really, uh-huh, uh-huh. I started working from that place there, and, and uh, I've been teaching ever since. Wow, that's great. Well, I see uh, on your book cover is this marvelous picture of the energy field from your perspective, and what I what I think is so fascinating about it. It's it's similar to what I'm teaching in my trainings about vertical alignment and horizontal alignment, and yet you have all these colors and different rainbows. Can you talk a little bit about how you perceive the energy field and how you're teaching this? Because it's kind of a, they dovetail. I can. Yeah, yeah. I can, and I just love the fact that you're giving me this opportunity Thanks so much. Oh, you're so Again, welcome. It's, it's just so fun to have you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I always feel like you're such a sister because we're doing similar things and we're doing it from different angles, but but the uh, we have a language and we're both intuitive from birth. So, it, you know, it's very rare to meet somebody else that's intuitive from birth. Wow. Well, some people pop into it later, but... Um, so it's great, no, it's great that's, to have this conversation with No, you. I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah. Um, so... So the way I look at it, mm-hmm. we have seven systems that we work with. We have one large structure and only one body because, in fact, that's all we are is one body. So the subtle and the material are both part of the same construction, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that construction, or what I call human energy structure, is um, broken into seven systems. So one system is called the layers, and that's something a lot of people have seen before. It's often been called the bodies. Mm-hmm. But it's different layers, and they are concentrically uh, moving out from the physical body, and they move out. So the layers are kind of like the organs of the subtle structure. Mm-hmm. And then there's another system called the template. I, I named the template. Mm-hmm. And the template is actually a nervous system or sort of a neurodigestive system, if you will. That's really fascinating, and that moves out from a star point, which is somewhere between the dantian or the gut and the solar plexus. In the general area of the belly button, you have a a star point, and it moves out in a wild spider web-like construction of um, extraordinary strands and lavender and pale green colors. It's quite beautiful. And then the next system we look at is I call the blended energies system. Mm-hmm. And that cons- uh, consists of 13 chakras, which are the major chakras. And the concept of individuation, which is the way the structure is formed, mm-hmm. the soul layer, which is the fuel tank of the subtle structure, the core, which is the large current that runs vertically through the human body but starts 20 feet above and goes about 20 feet below, and the channel, which begins out in front of the physical body about 20 feet and moves through the physical body, exiting out the back and goes another 20 feet out the back. So you see we're talking about something that's really large. Yes. It's not this little tiny electromagnetic field mm-hmm. that's about three feet out around the physical body. Right. It's something more. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the human electromagnetic field is actually a system that we work with because it's extremely important for mm-hmm. us to be able to use our electromagnetic field effectively. Mm-hmm. 
the uh, another um, and that's I call it the bridging system because it what do, it what it does the electromagnetic field actually takes the information at the central core the real soul information and brings it into the material world so it's this way it's this delivery system really cool delivery system and then there's the bones of light which are the skeletal structure for the subtle anatomy and include also the physical body. So everything includes also the physical body. The physical right. body is a, a microcosm inside of the macrocosm of our subtle energy structure. So the bones of light, um, you know, have these wonderful skeletal components. And uh, then there's also the uh, elimination system. And the elimination system does just what your physical elimination system does. It releases waste and debris, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and excess. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the function of that system. And, of course, I mentioned the electromagnetic field, the human electromagnetic field. And there's one last system, and that's called the harmonizing network. And the harmonizing network is actually, all these other systems are pretty much based in light. Mm -hmm. But the harmonizing network is based really in in sound frequency mm. so it's tones or sounds and it's really the glue that holds us together mm. so you cannot have the experience of all these other systems working together in concert without the vibrational frequency of the harmonizing network and the basic tones of the harmonizing network and there are nine basic sounds or tones and they are related to different parts of the structure in a very powerful way mm -hmm. so that the entire thing vibrates in frequency and wave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so those sounds then are, are they on the musical scale? Are they on the chakra notes or like the notes of the chakras? Or are they related to that? Or are they... Well, I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to... It's a little bit um, wild mm -hmm. in that right around 1975, I stopped reading anybody else's work. Mm -hmm. So all these things that have come about um, since about 1975. So I read Blavatsky and Annie Besant and Alice right. Bailey. Right. And after I read them, I actually stopped educating myself mm -hmm. as a... Um, a sensitive, mm -hmm. and I started just mapping mm -hmm. and looking at what I was doing, and it was a really inner direction that took me in that way. Right. It was like you cannot allow this stuff to be polluted in any way. Right. So I don't know. They might. They, <laughs> they might, might be. Uh -huh. But what I know is I studied Indian singing. Mm. I, I studied, you know, for some time Indian singing. Because I was a really serious singer. I mean, I sang for 26 years professionally. And mm -hmm. and uh, during that time, I studied Indian singing for a period of time. And so some of the tones that I hear are definitely reflected in, you know, the Indian scales mm -hmm. and the Western scales, too. But mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is these sounds are, they're larger than notes. Mm -hmm. They're kind of amazing, the sounds, because they're unclear audience as well as clear vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I hear um, on the inner, and one of the things that I can tell you is that it sounds, some of the sounds are very gong-like. Uh -huh. uh -huh. They sound very gong-like. The, the thing that sounds the most like what I hear the subtle structure to sound like 
is uh, Tibetan, um, the great chanting, yeah. the really low, you know, yeah. and the and the and the horns and stuff. That's what it, they the stuff sounds like to right. me more, like harmonics almost that are deep and resonant. Yeah. Well, like and amazing. quarter tones as yeah. opposed to like um, Western pentatonic scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's why sound healing helps people because it, sure does. it, it gets uh I did an interview not long ago uh with a sound healer and it what's amazing is it gives uh it, it helps you align your whole system uh, I can see how that would work you know through your physical body and through the auric field as well yeah so that's fascinating yeah well the harmonizing network is amazing and um the energies that make up the harmonizing network is really amazing. Harmonizing frequencies. Mm-hmm. They all have tones, but they also all, you know, you can call on them. You can bring them in. Uh-huh. And um, if you hear, if you're able to hear, you'll hear the sounds. Uh-huh. But not everybody can, but they can feel them. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So when I first started this whole thing, I really didn't know if I'd be able to teach anybody anything. <laughs> I I thought I would just write it down. Yeah. I thought I'm gonna just write this down. Then I started doing healing work and I had people actually say to me, Don't try to teach this to anybody. This is way too complicated and you know, why don't you just do it and get really good at it and you know, don't worry about teaching. But people kept bugging me to teach them. I mean uh-huh. I was asked to teach in the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, nineties, and finally I said yes in nineteen ninety eight. Uh-huh. I finally uh-huh. said, Okay. Yeah. And uh, then I began training apprentices, and so I trained I trained apprentices until uh, 2010, uh-huh. and then I stopped training apprentices, and now I train practitioners. Uh-huh. It's a different relationship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Apprentice relationship was a four-year training, very in-depth, really deeply personal, and uh-huh. um, when I went into doing the um, practitioner training, it was faster and uh-huh. a, a little less. Um, uh, hands-on in people's private lives. And yeah, I was a little more distant, which I liked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Took less out of me. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Not that I didn't love my apprentices, <laughs> but oy vey. <laughs> yeah, how much do you need to know? You know well, yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, it's like turn it off. That's so interesting. It was fun. Yeah. So I have um, so many questions for you that I, I kind of don't know where to start. Um, well, just jump in and we'll take it from wherever <laughs> you land. <laughs> yeah, so how you you talked about how you, you stopped looking at other people's systems. Can you compare your system to other systems? Like the chakra system is obviously embedded in this. Well, the only um, place that I really took anything as far as as that goes, really was um, from the Bhagavad Gita. Uh-huh. That's really where I got my insights. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I read the Bhagavad Gita repeatedly. Mm. I, I think it's one of the most extraordinary pieces of writing ever to be gifted the human species. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's one of the great source materials for uh, energetic healing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really learn what we are mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at the same time, I never, um, I, I don't call what I do 
by those traditional names like right. the Ida, the Penga, and the Shishima. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't use that to describe what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but I can tell you what they are in my in my system. Uh -huh. um, chakras, however, um, are more um, loosely defined um, in the readings that that I've read, mm -hmm. and they're very specifically defined by me. Mm -hmm. um, um, I've dissected what a chakra is and how it works and what is going on here. Mm -hmm. And um, and I can tell you that there are 13 major chakras and 10 reflective chakras mm. that are um, co coordinated and work together to create the human system. We have, I don't know, hundreds of lesser and minor right. chakras right maybe thousands mm -hmm. it, so many it's unimportant to really look at them mm -hmm. um but i also need to say that um the anatomy of the chakra is so specific and so detailed in my book mm -hmm. that if if people are interested in in chakra anatomy they really need to look at it because mm -hmm. it's it's not like anything that's out there at all mm -hmm. and since i've written the book and the book is over in you know 2012, I was done. I started reading books, so mm -hmm. I've bought almost every book on subtle anatomy <laughs> I can find, and nobody is near what I'm doing. Uh huh. Yeah. Nobody's gotten the detail and the level of in depth. I no, think that's true. You know, true. nobody has. You mm -hmm. know, and and it's not. It's it's kind of amazing because I really didn't know that. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> I looked around and I just oh my god yeah look at that you know yeah yeah so um yeah and exciting that's exciting mm -hmm. well we're going to take a little break okay. and we'll come back in just a second I'm with Desda Zuckerman and we're talking about your sacred anatomy her uh, amazing book uh, an owner's guide to human energy structure and we'll be right back evolve nurturing the new in consciousness the arts and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. And we're back, and this is Robin White Turtle Lisney, and the show is Evolve. And I'm here with Desda Zuckerman, and we're talking about your sacred anatomy. So, Desda, we were we left off talking about the the energy field and chakras. Start with the subtle energy. Tell me what you just told me at the break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you're, you're defining different things that really haven't been defined before, which is really exciting. Yeah. So I, I really want to have our listeners understand this a little bit. So you're talking about the subtle energy system being the entire system. Right. And the electromagnetic system being that which is alive while we're alive. Right. The uh, electromagnetic field is uh, a reflective system. It's a system that depends on the firing of the brain and the cells and all the electro energy that we create, the electrical energy. And, and um, so it's an electromagnetic system, mm -hmm. and it is 
really not possible to have that electromagnetic system continue to live after the physical body dies. Mm -hmm. And yet, we know that we survive beyond death. We see it when you experience a death with someone, mm -hmm. when you experience a birth with someone. Mm -hmm. There is that big freight train that arrives. That's the subtle anatomy, the mm -hmm. subtle energy structure. Mm -hmm. And the subtle energy structure is made of different energy than the electromagnetic field. It's not electromagnetic in nature. It's actually possibly a fifth energy, mm -hmm. subtle energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very different. Mm -hmm. It's not strong force or weak force like our quantum physics friends will tell us. It's not electromagnetic and it's not gravity. Mm -hmm. It's something else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people call it other dimensional reality. Some people call it other sight light. Some people call it, uh, I've heard it called... Um, Oh, gosh, all kinds of things. But what I call it is subtle energy. Mm -hmm. And subtle energy is what I've mapped, mm -hmm. the subtle energy anatomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a bigger, larger thing. And I actually think what we've mapped is the soul. Yes, yes. Well, and, you know, when you're talking 20 feet out from a human body in each direction, right. above, below, to the sides, right. you are talking about the breadth and depth of of a human person that has uh, is a universe in itself, really. You know that's a that's a good point. It it really is. Uh, we are, you know, definitely the micro universe mm -hmm. inside of the macro universe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we live in, mm -hmm. and each one of us contains in our subtle anatomy. We've discovered through the research that I've done over the last 45 years, we've really seen consistently that people have not just memories, but they have skills, they have language, they have all kinds of things that are buried in them, mm -hmm. ancient knowledge mm -hmm. buried in them. Mm -hmm. and, and these things will come up. For people that have deja vu experiences at right. uh, you know an ancient site, or they just remember how to speak French when they're standing in the Tate Museum in London, mm -hmm. uh, or something happens that shocks them into an an ancient vista where they can look and see the movement of the people that were on the land before. Now it's hard to explain these kinds of things, but if you start looking at it from the point of view of the anatomy being your own personal textbook, yeah. your own personal guidebook, if you will, mm -hmm. to the soul's experience, then you start seeing that it might not it might be possible mm -hmm. that what we're carrying with us is the sum total of all the wisdom that we've accumulated through many, many lifetimes. Oh yes. I totally agree with that and feel that that is exactly what we do. And a lot of times the healing that's required is to go uh, maybe not back into those lifetimes, but forward into the present moment so that we can access the wounds that may have occurred in those lifetimes and heal them and release them and release the trauma from them. Yeah. And, um, and then realign ourselves to our original or our, maybe our collected our, our sum total of our collected wisdom from that 
to to really claim our God nature, the divine part of ourselves. I like what you're saying. I I also have this idea that, and I'm sure other people have similar versions of this idea, but I have this idea that time isn't a linear experience, that it somehow folds against itself. And we actually may be living two or three lifetimes at the same time. Yeah. So it's possible that the structure is so creative mm-hmm. that like um, the enlightened being with five faces facing out or Avalokiteshvara with a thousand arms and many, many hands is um, able to live in multiple, multi-dimensional space, reality, and time at mm-hmm. the same time. So it's, I, I don't think we have this stuff figured out. No. You know, and what I, what I am is, is a real scientist in a weird yeah. kind of way, not, not with a degree, but I have, I have cataloged thousands and thousands of hours of healings Uh I mean and thousands of healings and I have boxes and boxes and boxes of documented information that I have learned from working with people and and teaching many students who also work with people and we all you know pool our information and talk about what we see Mm -hmm. and as as a result we're creating this incredible body of knowledge about the subtle anatomy mm-hmm. and what it does and how it works and how it impacts us and, and where it's taking us and where it took us from, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so we have this great feeling for the entirety of human potential really being at our fingertips, mm-hmm. you know? And there's this sense the more you pull away, the more you step into that uh, expression of the four aspects of the authentic self, the physical, the emotional, the psychological, and spiritual aspects, the more you step into what you said, the God nature or the divine source within is released within you, mm-hmm. and you begin to see yourself as a co-creator yes. at the universal level. You're yes. no longer a victim of circumstance. Right. You're actually a player. Right. And when that starts to happen... At a much more global level, we're going to see some real shifting on the yeah. planet, yeah. and so I figure that's my that's my gig. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And the shifting that has to occur is going to have to start from the inside out. So people realizing themselves who right. they are, and then uh, really releasing completely the victim perpetrator psychology which is the polarity that has kept us dancing for 2000 years and or more and, or more <laughs> and a lot of tragedy actually uh, and and then we can move forward in a co-creative way with mother nature rather than and with the universe rather than seeing her somehow as an enemy now where where we got off doing that one I have no idea but it had some place something to do with Descartes back about 300 <laughs> years ago when the mind and the soul got split in the, with the church and Descartes but but we're really bringing not only that back together but I feel like this uh, work that you're doing with the the complexity of the sacred anatomy really gives people a view of what where we can go from here you know if we begin to see yeah. ourselves this way we can also begin to uh heal all kinds of diseases and all kinds of things that might have been thought to be chronic or 
um, uh, incurable. Uh, yeah, well, you know, one of the things that's been really interesting is that, um, you know, the book's been called The Gray's Anatomy for the Subtle Energy Worker. Mm. You know, so it's it's definitely that. And um, back in, I think, the 1500s, there was a guy named Vesalius who mapped, um, actually drew pictures of the human anatomy and cut people apart and risked and being excommunicated and, you know, pilloried or hung or something worse. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I've done, essentially, is I've, I've been the first person to actually, you know, dissect right. and draw pictures of the subtle anatomy. Mm -hmm. So we have a more detailed version of it. So where did that take us from Vesalius? Where it took us from Vesalius was, ah, then we can interact with this thing now mm -hmm. that we know it. Mm -hmm. So it's really one thing to have a spiritual experience with the subtlety of human capacity and uh, that sort of lovely heart opening and wonderful um, connection with another person. And I mean, that's one thing, but it's quite another thing to be able to look into the place in the heart chakra where there's an exact issue that has lodged in an exact place and has affected the life in an exact way. Yes. So if you can get really specific, mm -hmm. then you can, in a laser-like way, go in and just remove the problem. And that's when you start to see movement in chronic illness mm -hmm. or movement in really, you know, illness that might be considered fatal. But at the same time, I'm not saying that we can reverse serious physical issues. I'm not so foolish as to claim something like that. Mm -hmm. But what I can tell you is that working with medical professionals in a complementary way, in an integrative way, right. we can support things like surgeries. Right. We can support um, surgical interventions to be less traumatic. Yes. Um, we do it all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a, a way that I work with medications mm -hmm. to help the medications attune to the individual as opposed to the individual having to attune to the medication. Yes. Which is what we do now. We yes. ask people to, you know, throw up and shift and change who they are energetically to absorb a particular chemotherapy. Right. How much easier to make the drug understand that it needs to shift. It's based in the idea, really. You know, Robin, I think the idea that, Energy is intelligent. Is yes. is one of your the fundamentals here? Oh, I so agree with you. Know? you. I mean, that the that's what I teach my students too is that energy is fundamentally intelligent, and that you can trust where it needs to go, mm -hmm. and including yourself if right. you're needing to move in a particular direction. But uh, that's so true. Yeah, that energy itself is fundamentally intelligent. And Alien energies to us, for example, alien chemicals. Mm -hmm. um, pick any drug, you know, um, Avastin, mm -hmm. anything, mm -hmm. Doxel, mm -hmm. you name it. It's not human. Mm -hmm. It's a foreign energy. So if I'm going to take that drug and put that into my body, I'd better have a conversation with that drug and ask it to please support me in the way that I need it to support me. Yeah. But I'd better ask it to shift enough so that my body, which is not as able to move around as the drug is in its energetic state, 
can be absorbing mm-hmm. of the medication mm-hmm. in a in a positive way. One of the things we've seen, and this is one of the scientific studies that we're trying to get some support to do, and there's there's actually a conceivable support, so that's pretty exciting. But the study idea is that um, is that by attuning medications, we can lessen symptoms and side effects. Mm-hmm. So if we just did that, mm-hmm. if we just did that, nothing more. That would be profound. It you know? would. It would absolutely. Yeah. The side effects today with so much medication is just are so devastating for people, and sometimes yeah. the cure is worse than the than the disease itself. Well, God bless the allopaths. I mean, yeah. they, you know, most of us are alive today because allopathy has intervened at various points and kept us here. Right. But the truth of the matter is that they kind of drove off the cliff. Right. You know, because allopathy is, the, is in some sense the worship of chemicals. Yes. And and it's the dissection of chemicals from the human container. Right. So you take the chemicals into a synthetic, you know, um, world and you make a synthetic, synthesized chemical that's quote just like the physical body, but it never is. Mm-hmm. So you can't make something like the physical body makes. Right. Chemically, it may look the same, but it's not the it's same. It's not the same. Yeah. So what we found is that if we intervene and we support, mm-hmm. that the drugs work better and doctors mm-hmm. are happy because you know their results and their numbers get get higher. One yes. of one of my practitioners works in a hospital here in Sonoma and um the nurses want her uh, she's a physical therapist the nurses want her to come in because when she works with people as they come out of um various very serious surgeries they recover faster. Mm-hmm. Yes. They move faster. They right. get out of there faster, which right. is what all the hospitals want. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's 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 not a competition. You no, know, it's absolutely a it's not. a shoulder to shoulder, let's all be on the same team kind of scenario here. Yes, yes. And subtle and subtle and material work hand in hand. Yes. And um so as a minister I, you know, take that viewpoint very seriously that uh-huh. it is the spiritual fulfillment mm-hmm. that we're looking for mm-hmm. and the and the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, we're going to take another break. Okay. We need to take a break, but we're going to. That's all right. <laughs> and this is Robin White Turtle Disney, and I'm here talking to Desta Zuckerman, and we're talking about your sacred anatomy. You can find out more about Desda Zuckerman and her book, Your Sacred Anatomy, at www.yoursacredanatomy.com. Desda is a born born and intuitive with extraordinary clairvoyant abilities, and she's made an in-depth study of the subtle energies that, since childhood, she's witnessed around all living things. Today, she's passionate about bringing her message of grounded transformation and subtle anatomy, consciousness, and wellness to the world. With a loving heart and comprehensive knowledge and heightened sensitivities honed by years of practice and insight, DESTA is a lead, leading on the cutting edge of new and expanding field of subtle energy. Sacred Anatomy, Your Sacred Anatomy, and Owner's Guide to the Human Energy Structure is her first book. And we're going to uh, cut to a commercial. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Robin White Turtle-Lisney, and I'm your host on Evolve. I wanted to share with you a few of the things that I'm doing beside the radio show. Uh, you can always go to my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, 
and that is www.thecenterforthesoul.com. And you can learn about all the things that I offer, including readings, healing work. Uh, I'm a medium, a psychic. Uh, I'm also an artist and an author. You can check out my books. The most recent ones are called Poems for the Lost Deer, and the other is called Heart Path Handbook and Energy Medicine Guide. Uh, Both these books have been published this year in 2014. So I just wanted to share that with you, and now we'll go back to the show. So welcome back. This is Robin White Turtle Listney, and I'm here with Desda Zuckerman. She's the author of Your Sacred Anatomy, An Owner's Guide to the Human Energy Structure. And at the break, we were just talking about embodiment and the importance of that and embodying our God nature or our divine self or however you want to phrase it. And uh, you have an exercise you were just telling me about yeah. where you have the you see the golden orb above the head. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'll tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> the, this exercise I call returning presence. It's actually in my book. Uh-huh. But um, what it is, is it's, it comes from a discovery that I made some time ago. Um, I used to see this golden orb. It's a kind of a golden orangish color, and it just floats above people's heads and I like to think of it as being at the tip of the unicorn horn, you know. It uh-huh. sort of is out in front of your head sometimes and back and around. And occasionally you'll see it down, floating down in front of people's hearts, you know. But almost always it's above the head. Anyway, for a long time I couldn't figure out what that thing did. And then, um, and then I saw... Was it His Holiness, or yeah, I think it was His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. I saw His Holiness speak, mm-hmm. um, and he um, embodied this energy. It came into his head and down his, right down into his body and landed in his gut, and then he spoke. And then when he was done teaching, up it went. It went out again. Hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. So I started talking to mine, and I brought it into my body. Mm-hmm. And I realized, at first I tried to push it in, <laughs> and it wouldn't go in. So finally I invited it in, and then it was very happy to come in. So one of the things I discovered was that your subtle anatomy will not bully you. Yes. It just won't. Uh-huh. So... It won't do it. It will just wait and wait and wait for your whole life long until you invite it to have a relationship with you. And the more in relationship you are with your subtle structure, the more awake you become to it. Mm -hmm. And the more awake to it you become, the more you begin to manifest that which is your authentic self. And the authentic self is a fully embodied expression of you without the trappings of an egoic personality. Mm -hmm. So you begin over time to let more and more and more of that go Mm -hmm. so that when you're truly speaking in your authentic voice, that is just not there. Yes. Now, when I saw His Holiness do that, I 
originally thought it was an indication of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. But I since learned that it was an indication of embodiment mm-hmm. and bringing one's presence into the body or one's essence, you could call it, is a powerful way to take ownership over your relationship with your subtle structure mm-hmm. and to start having that interactive give and take. Yes. Now, the other thing that I've come to realize is that it's truly and authentically the descent of spirit. Yes. That it's our spirits that we're bringing into our bodies. Exactly. That our spirit actually doesn't live in our physical bodies until we invite it in. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, the great value in spiritual practice, Mm -hmm. is that by sitting in a conscious way and allowing yourself to be open and empty, you invite yourself to come home yes so this is the this is the work of the you know the spiritual healer but it's also the work of the spiritual seeker yeah it's hard to separate those two they're pretty close and you couldn't you can't do that inauthentically you no. you can't you have to allow that invited in as you say you have to invite it in with that pure heart you have to come to it in an innocence, in a in a surrendered yeah. way. I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. You do. So it isn't it is it isn't something you can manufacture, you can manipulate, or you can push. Right. You have to invite it, and it has to be out of an authentic, sincere desire to have that embodiment occur. Right. Not for the benefit of your budget or your wallet, <laughs> but because you know that that is who you really are, and it's going to give you the some people call it the blueprint of of what you're here to do. It, it helps you to be more of who you are. Well, one one thing I can tell you, one of the things that the medical world talks about a lot is burnout. Mm-hmm. It's not just the medical world. It's people living in the 21st century talk about right. burnout a lot because right. we're very tired from all of the intensity of our lives. Right. Uh, and being embodied and present, fully awake and aware of your spiritual nature in relationship to all the extraordinary beauty that there is and the difficulty allows you to live from a point of view or perspective of greater empowerment Mm -hmm. so that when you make a statement or when you make an offering from your heart, it's really heard and received much much more differently. Mm-hmm. than it is when you're not embodied. Mm-hmm. When you're disembodied, you're not spiritually inspired. There's a quality of um, resistance that everything and everyone will take to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, since I started doing these exercises, I do I do this exercise all the time with my students. I just did it this weekend at a conference I spoke at at University of California, San Francisco, for the Integrative Medicine oh, um, Osher Center for Integrative Medicine. They had a big conference, a symposium in self-care. Uh-huh. So I did this exercise, and I said one of the greatest things you can do for your patients is to be present with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be present for yourself yes. keeps you alive longer mm-hmm. in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a, you know, even if it doesn't keep you alive longer, it keeps you awake longer. Yes. You know? Yes. So it's 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 one of the 
really one of the cornerstone pieces of my work, uh-huh. this idea of embodying your presence. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I think it's so important. It's so important because it gives us it gives us uh, the energy. I mean, it, it, it actually is what I feel we're here for, is to embody ourselves as fully as possible. Yeah. And when we do that, uh, and letting go as much ego structure, which is whatever puts us up or puts us down, uh, in an inauthentic way, or right. uh, then as we let go of those voices and those messages that have been given to us or that we took on or that we invented or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then we really do become uh, that which we fully are here to do. I mean, it, we also get hooked up with what it is we're our messages here uh, on the planet, whatever that might be, whether it's being with families or being with individuals or people or creating new structures or whatever it is we're here to do. Right. And uh, it's it's very exciting to me to uh, see that, you know, this has the potential to, to really shift consciousness. I mean, when we're talking about, it's not only talking about anatomy, it's actually talking about soul delivery. You know, like how, yeah. do, we, how do we really embody our souls and make it, this universe a safer place so more and more people can do it because you have to yeah. have safety to start with uh, with healing. You know? I I think one of the realizations that I've had most recently is that, you know, I, I kept calling core individuation a modality, and I've really come to the conclusion that it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, um, a healing vehicle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what gives it that is the subtle anatomy, mm-hmm. the fact that we've learned different ways to interact very specifically with parts of the subtle anatomy and um, help people return to balance. I mean, the healings that I see are spectacular. Mm-hmm. The things that I see people doing, who they become, you know, working with somebody for 15 years and watching them completely transform and grow into this like extraordinary being who is just slaying it, you know, just yeah. laying it down, you yeah. know. This is like the most rewarding thing that you can experience, yes. truly. Yes. And I've had the uh, great good fortune to be doing this long enough with enough people uh-huh. that I've seen these kinds of deep personal transformations, you know, people stepping out of neuroses and uh-huh. Uh-huh. narcissistic tendencies and uh-huh. stepping away from deep, deep fear and, um, you know, abused children recovering and saying, I'm, that's not who I am anymore. Yes. I might have been abused as a child, but gosh, look at me now at 60. I'm doing all right, yeah. you know. Yeah. So uh, folks have the potential to really completely heal, to transform. Mm-hmm. Transformational healing is really possible. Oh, it is. It really is possible. And I've seen it over and over and over and over. And sometimes the biggest transformational healing is letting go of being in a physical body in a comfortable way, Mm -hmm. not not being afraid to die. Mm -hmm. And and that can also be a healing. So, you know, um, we're not limited by the physicality, in other words. Yes. We're really just augmented by it. Yes. And we have this great opportunity. How long do we get to be alive? I mean, it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take, you know, 120 to 98 years or whatever. We've got a short window. Yeah. And we need to use every single second of it to do 
that which is our soul's calling. Yes. You know, and to be embodied, to be present, to be conscious, to be awake and aware, to be looking from out from who I am truly instead of who I think I should be, who I'm maybe somebody else that I should be, gives me the opportunity to impact the world. And it gives everyone the opportunity, not just me, everyone. Uh So that's the the job, you know, is how present can I get? How awake can I become? And how much of a difference can I make to heal the world? Yes, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we really have to get on it here. We do. <laughs> Which is why I'm doing this show. And I think that people like you need to keep doing their shows. Yeah. yeah. Do, your, do your show, because who yeah. knows what one person may hear. Yes. I right. mean, that's the thing is, I've been getting, since this book's been out, my book has been out since December 21st, 2012, if you, if you can believe it. Uh-huh. Yes, it was the day that it came out, wildly, not planned, it just happened. And um, since that time, just a short couple of years, yeah. I've sold a thousand copies. That's great. Internationally, mm-hmm. and I regularly get emails from Armenia, Thailand, Cambodia, South Africa, you know, Argentina, way up in Norway, and people sending me emails and letters that say. Thank you for writing this book because I now know there's somebody else like me out there. Uh-huh. So there are people that see at the level that I do yes. all over the world. Yes. And I've been working with a couple of them now because they've come to me to, for healing work. And uh-huh. I'm seeing very fast movement with people who are reading the book. So they read the book, they come to see me, and then, bam, they break loose and get out of their box pretty fast. Isn't that exciting? It's yeah. thrilling. It is, it is. It's Holy so moly. Yeah, I totally I totally understand. Okay, we're going to take another short break, and then we'll be right back. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. This is just so fun. Now I can see my little box there. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Lisney, and we're back with Desda Zuckerman, author of Your Sacred Anatomy, and her website is yoursacredanatomy.com. And we were just talking about the children, because mm. that's when you're talking about transformation and, and how adults can heal, um, the children that are coming in today, pretty amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Well, the children... The children of the transformational era, this time now that we're living in, mm-hmm. really started to come in in the late 40s. Mm-hmm. And so we've been we've been being these children. We we are these the children. The boomers are the children. We are these yes. children. And so as we as we move forward now, what we're having is the boomers' grandchildren. So the yeah. grandchildren of the original, the originators mm-hmm. of the of the space are now. Are now happening, so we're getting these really sophisticated souls mm-hmm. who are saying, 
okay, I think this is it. This is my moment to bring my soul's purpose forward to make my contribution to this beautiful place, this beautiful blue-green planet. This is my time. And so we're getting these amazing beings walking on the earth now, avatars, great teachers, Mm -hmm. people who will inspire and lead us Mm -hmm. forward and hopefully will help us save the planet and uh, the species. I'm actually not as worried about the planet as I am the species. Yes, me too. Yeah. I'm very concerned about the species, the variety and the variation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also what we do to the earth in order to extract the minerals and all the, the oil and everything that we've been using. And, uh, and we really, really have to find out ways to work in harmony with the earth, mm-hmm. uh, to utilize perhaps even the same materials but in a, in such a different intention instead of um the harm of the earth. Yeah. And I think these young people coming in today, you know, the boomers helped to lay down a track of revolution and change and now the young people coming in now are needing to come in and really do the changing. Uh, they're they're going to have to be the ones to say okay, we're taking this system and we're dismantling it and we're doing it in a different way. Yeah, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, amazing. All the solutions will come from the young geniuses that are being born now and who've been born in the last ten years, Mm -hmm. ten to fifteen years, Mm -hmm. and more, thirty-five years. I mean, there's some wonderful young people all the way through. Yes, but um, the fact of the matter is, um, we have the potential to resolve things. Mm -hmm. We can do it, Mm -hmm. Um, but we we have to change the way we think about each other. Yes. And we have to change the way we work with each other mm-hmm. and the way we um, condemn each other and uh, imprison each other and murder each other. It has to change. Yes, We have to stop our behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever we each of us has to personally do to put an end to that behavior in their own world we have to do it, mm-hmm. uh, whether it means not participating in the culture of violence by not watching really violent TV and mm-hmm. movies and saying that's not acceptable for me as a person, mm-hmm. or by simply standing up in the you know the peace movement and saying I won't I won't be part of war mm-hmm. by not voting for people who want to create more war mm-hmm. by Stopping the belligerent, negative, um, racist, and sexist behaviors that we have ingrained in our DNA Mm -hmm. because we've been doing them for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So we really have to make a complete and utter shift. It's called transformation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why the sacred anatomy is so specifically outlined in my book now. Mm -hmm. Why did it happen now? Because we need it now. Yes, you know, yes, and right. we can use it now. Right. So it's it's important for us to continue growing. Right. And realizing that sacred books are being written now. Mm-hmm. That they're not books that were only written five or six thousand years ago. No. That that those are the only sacred books that have ever been written. In fact, sacred books are being produced every day, right now. Yes. Sacred writings, sacred teachings, sacred consciousness. Yes. Sacred awareness. Yes. 
We have to look to what is coming and what is rising on the horizon. We have to understand that we are as much a part of the rising sun as the setting sun. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of the uh, negative behaviors we see on the planet today are really part of the setting sun. Mm -hmm. You know, they just haven't gone all the way down yet. (laughs) 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 Oh, I so agree with you. Like, I feel like the old... The old ways are really dying, and they really need to die. And and now what's coming is so much more exciting and harmonious. Um, you know, there there isn't a need for competition. Actually, competition is helpful in some areas, but it also, like for me, it's really excite more exciting to pool our resources and find out where we're going and go there together. Yeah. You know, to me that's more exciting. So uh there's there's a lot of consciousness shifting that has to take place on a real fundamental level in every aspect of our culture. You know? I agree. And and one of the one of the places that I see it really happening is that um as wonderful people such as yourself become aware of my book, you know, you reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And you want to know more about it, mm-hmm. you know. And it isn't like it might have been 30 years ago when I first was being, when I first was a research subject for people as a psychic. Mm-hmm. I, I participated in research studies, mm-hmm. and um, there was a huge competitive uh, stance that psychics took with each other. Like mm-hmm. I know how to do it, you don't know how oh, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My way is the right way. You're wrong. Yeah. Um, and and. And I was very put off by that because I've always been an inclusive kind of collaborative person. Yeah, So me too. Yeah, so what I love is that I'm seeing lots and lots and lots of us who are like that and who've learned how to collaborate, Mm -hmm. who've learned how to make friends with the energies, but not just that, make friends with each other, Yeah, you know, and create these things called networks and uh, loose associations. And and we've got the Internet now where we can be globally connected. Yes. We can make friends with people in Spain and Italy and, you know, Armenia. Yeah. So there's a way that we can, we can connect and, um, I think that I think that that's the future. The future of the internet is a huge part of what why why it could possibly be okay. Yes, you know. Yes, because we can connect. Yes, and and there's a, there's got to be ultimately more transparency, which is going to allow for a lot of the sexism and the racism and all of that, which it, which is bringing out. You know, it, it it's uh, the cameras and uh, police cameras and so on. You know, oh, it absolutely. Yeah is going to help halt some of the behaviors that are so toxic to our culture. Right. And and really support and promote the, the more loving ones that, that are really our true nature. Right. So. so raising children in this climate, you know, is a really interesting challenge. You know, I watch my daughter who's engaged and getting ready to get married and wants to have children soon, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I watch her looking around at, at what there is and wanting the best for her you know, children to come, and and there's a, a quality of, um, you know, the same as when we were younger and our parents were younger, we all want the best for our children, mm-hmm. but there's a sense of, uh, how do I put this, in in the young people today, the young parents today, there's a sense of almost um, urgency mm-hmm. that that 
I have to do a really good job. I have to give my child the best opportunity because I have to, this child has to come to something. Mm -hmm. This child has to produce a good result. Mm -hmm. And it isn't so much about success as it is we've got to all come together and make a difference. Yes. It's about change. Yeah. It's about really deep change. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, continuing to see each other as, as potential manifestations of divine consciousness and light, you know, and and looking at each other as these beautiful, pure energies and seeing each other, truly seeing each other for the beings that we are, the leaders that we are in consciousness and and life, gives us the hope that we need to have to be able to go forward, put one foot in front of the other, keep Mm -hmm. having kids, Mm -hmm. you know. I, I think it's I think it's just incredibly important that we listen to each other and that we join hands and that we walk up the hill together, mm-hmm. you know, it's just incredibly important. And yeah. that's one of the reasons I, I want to uh, somehow or another collaborate with other healers who um, do the kind of work that I do to create a, a basically a university of healing consciousness yeah. and you know, I think, be, be a, I think it would <laughs> be. I think it would be a great exciting. thing to do. Oh, I do. And too. it could be completely virtual. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I, I see that coming. That's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. You know, and because there should be ways for us all to connect and know about each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe uh, not a university as much as a salon. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 Sounds great. That's how people heard Mozart. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, this has been just so wonderful talking to you, and I just have loved our conversation. So thank you so much for being a part of my show. And uh, we've been talking to Desta Zuckerman, who wrote Your Sacred Anatomy, An Owner's Guide to the Human Energy Structure. May I say, Robin, this has been a great pleasure for me, Uh, and I am so grateful to you for the opportunity to share my work with your wonderful audience. But not just that, but to meet you and to make a good connection with such a wonderful woman. Oh, thank you. Your work is clearly beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I'm looking forward to learning more about you, too. (laughs) Great. Well, we'll just do that. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Convergence with John Caracella, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Evolve was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E.